Hello and welcome to the Should I Go See It podcast. I'm your host, Bill George. With me as always, AJ Rebecca. What's going on, Bill? <laughs> What's going on, AJ? Welcome back. Hold on. Uh, holding on. Whoa! Hey, Mazel tov. That was real, folks. Not post-production. <laughs> that just happened. Slash is happening. Welcome to our uh, 2019 year in review episode. It's not champagne. It's Prosecco. I'm kind of cheap. I'll allow it. Today, we're going to do a few different things. We want to talk about some of our favorite films uh, that we saw this past year, catch up in general on the past year, including some of our favorite television as well, and talk a little bit about what we're looking forward to in 2020. Uh, yeah, sounds good. Hey, before we get into it, I feel like we owe our listeners kind of an explanation. Sure. I, I mean... We really don't. Fuck you. What, but I feel what like, listeners again? Yeah, I feel like we kind of do. Like, we took a little bit of um, sabbatical hiatus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little break. A little break. break. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of life stuff went on. Sure. Uh, just a lot of things kind of happened, and uh, we kind of, uh, after the rise of Skywalker, yep. we were on the group text, and we said, you know what? 2020, big things are going to happen. Got to come back. Bring Let's it get back. get the band back together. Give the people what they want. Um, so here we are. Uh, I'm not promising new episodes every week. Nope. But Can't promise that. <laughs> I think a somewhat regular cadence of newish content every so often. Yeah, sure. To get that whistled nice and wet. Yeah, I so think. stay subscribed is what uh, we're getting at there. Stay yeah. subscribed. You never yeah. know what's going to pop into your you feed. You absolutely there. never know what's going <laughs> to pop in between your feed. Um, so we had a lot to talk about today. Sure. Uh, where do you want to begin? Uh, let's start with movies. I mean, that's uh, our bread and butter here. It's a movie podcast. Uh, we haven't seen each other. <laughs> we haven't chatted, I think, since what? Like Endgame, maybe? When so it's been a April? while. Uh, yeah, so what in 2019, movie-wise, we'll talk gets TV, but movie-wise, sure. what did you see that uh, stood out to you the most? Not Can necessarily your best sure. picture winners, but like what What are you going to remember I'm going to be completely year? honest with you. Good. Uh 2019 was not a movie, a good movie year for me in terms uh-huh. of viewing and watching. Fair. I went hard on the TV. So uh, my new, I have a new job. Uh, I'm on the train every day. So 30, 35 minutes, 45 minutes allows me to watch basically episodic TV gotcha. on the regular. That makes sense. So I'm I'm locked and loaded for the mo- for the TV side of what we've done this year. Movies though, I've really kind of played catch up which was whatever came on netflix and hbo so um why don't you lead okay and then i'll kind of follow in suit about what i kind of watched as well sure so i have not sat down and done like my full retrospective i just kind of pulled out some of my favorites (laughs) and then there's also like a couple that are kind of count as 2019 movies because they came out in limited release this year, but they aren't wide yet. The main one being like 1917. Yeah, which I, I have not seen, seen yet. yet. Yep. Uh, so I can't speak for, you know, 2019 totally. Sure. But based on what I've seen, a couple standouts for me. Let's go. Uh, number one, Knives Out. Yeah. People I absolutely talk, loved people it. People really into absolutely this movie. loved it. Yeah. Directed by R- Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson, yep. who did the shitty Star Wars movie. He did The Last Jedi, which in retrospect, not so shitty. <laughs> uh, after... We have to listen yeah. to the Rise of Skywalker episode for that. But yeah. Knives Out was great. Uh, great cast, great story, smart writing, uh, old-fashioned in terms of being like a murder mystery. You don't see those very often. Uh, so very excited. Oh, what? my God. This Prosecco is horrible. I have not <laughs> taken a sip yet. I imagine it's what like a like giant's piss tastes like. <laughs> okay. Did, well, you, I mean, never, looked, you don't remember that? It does that, look that the, way. It has that, that visual quality. That Hercules story that was never part of it. 
What? Didn't you have to like drink Giant's pee to like be strong? Where'd you go to school? Public, public <laughs> school. <laughs> yeah, I went to public school. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, Knives Out would be probably my number one. Um, Marriage Story was excellent. Yeah, it's on. That's the, up uh, there. It's on the queue. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, watch, loved it. Watch it the other day. Yeah. Finally get to watch it. Do you love uh, it? Yeah, dude, that last 30 fucking minutes was yeah, just it's wild, crazy. I liked it even more the second time. I watched it in theaters, then I watched it again on iTunes uh, recently, and uh, I liked it even more the second time. So love that one. Yep. Uh, Midsummer was yeah. fantastic yep. also. Uh, and then my round out my top five, I would say, is Endgame for sure. I mean, that's a big Are, movie for me. Really? Yeah, of course. Uh, a couple honorable mentions. Parasite was very, very good. People are talking about that. Uh, Us, I thought was good. Yeah. Uncut Gems, I just saw recently, was also great. Lived up to the hype. And then that documentary on Apollo 11 was also outstanding. Big space guy. Big space guy, for sure. So those would be like my uh, my top five of my honorable mentions so, right. so far. I don't have any top fives nor honorable mentions. I just have movies that I've seen, um, which isn't a lot. But uh, The Irishman, which uh, Martin yeah. Scorsese's latest on Netflix, it was good. I agree. It was good. I watched it on Thanksgiving Eve when it came out. It didn't blow me away. Yeah, I'm not uh, un- unremarkable. I thought it was it was well done, well yeah. written, well acted, all those things, well directed. Certainly to be expected, but it also wasn't didn't knock my socks off. How really. did you feel about the uh, CGI? Fine. Yeah, didn't bother me. No, I got the first time you see it when he's driving the truck when he's like in his. De Niro drives it. He's yep. like his early thirties. I was like, huh? Like, kind of looked like a video game cutscene. Yeah. But then you kind of like you get used got to it. Used to it. I mean, it's a three and a half hour movie, so you have to you pretty have much to get, used get used to it. To it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty good. They they really do a good job in terms of splitting the acts into like three one hour segments. Yeah. That last act was kind of like more depressing than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I just thought it didn't. As good as it was, I just didn't feel like it earned that runtime. Like, if you're going to be a three and a half hour movie, like, you really got to have something to say. And, like, I thought it was good, but I didn't think yeah, it needed I mean, I thought, all that. I kind of thought it had something to say. Really? You know? It kind of played on that age old thing of, like, does time heal all wounds, sure, right? Sure. You know, you see them old and fucking decrepit, and you're like, oh my God, like, feel bad for these guys. They're sick. But sure. then it's like, well, they killed a lot of innocent people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? So, yeah, I mean, it, I thought it was good. It's not going to, it's not in the same realm or ballpark as Goodfellas yeah, or Casino can't, can't or him. Departed. Um, I would be disappointed if this is his last kind of major venture mm-hmm. um, because I don't think it's the best way to go out. Um, but yeah, so that was okay. Uh, we talked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, I saw that. Um, Joker. Yeah, Joker, not on my list. Uh, wow. Certainly a big release, got a lot of press. We haven't talked about it yet. What did uh, What did you think? It's a controversial movie. 7.8. Out of 10? No, out of fucking 12. <laughs> yeah, out of 10. <laughs> you fucking mush. I'm just verifying for the audience. <laughs> Seven yeah, point- the old 11.8 <laughs> scale that was invented by... You never know. A.D. McPointer back in 1922. <laughs> 7.8? That's high. Is it high? Well, when you, I thought you act- gave Endgame like a 6.2 or whatever bullshit you said at the, the first, time. The first act was like a 9.2 and then the rest was just like trash. Whatever. I don't, we can't relitigate that Anyways, right now. Joker, yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix obviously did a fantastic job Agreed. acting. Agreed. It was, I'm all for a slow burn. I love a slow burn. Sure. I just thought the pace and the tension and all the different kind of emotions 
just got really muddled and I didn't know really how to feel except like awkward and like pukey the whole time. That's my, that's my summation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a heavy movie. No doubt about it. Joaquin's amazing. Mm-hmm. He carries it. Otherwise that movie doesn't work at all. If his performance isn't as good as it is. I, I thought it was good. I thought it was an, I, I think the concept is really interesting in taking an actual subject that's merit that merits making a film about in terms of mental illness, uh, particularly mental illness in America and and the lack of support for that, et cetera, et cetera, and like have sure. a message movie and mask it in a DC property. Like it's just a, it's a smart idea. It's a clever idea. I do wish they did more with that. Yeah. As opposed to they kind of just it's very surface level. Yeah. That they talk about that stuff, and I do wish they did a deeper dive on it. A lot of stuff is like on the like very on the nose. It's very superficial. Very yeah. heavy handed for sure. Yeah. So I. The, I, I like the idea more than I like the execution of the idea, so I wish they did a little bit more with it. But as is, I still enjoyed it, and I thought the tie-in to Batman was actually really interestingly done. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was, was probably the best part of terms yeah. of storyline, how yeah. they did that. I the only also thing that I, I really didn't like is that it was basically not a shot for shot remake, but it was very heavily influenced by taxi driver. Oh, incredibly. So, and yeah. it was almost to the point towards the end. It was like, dude, what the fuck? Did you just open the script in the storyboards and basically just like <laughs> do it scene for scene? Yeah. Um, and I, and that was especially true to, for me, cause I had rewatched taxi driver ahead of time, knowing that it was influenced by that. So the fact that I had seen taxi driver, like a couple days before I was sure. like, Oh my God, this is definitely carbon copy. Yeah. Uh, I probably won't watch it again, but I'm no, interested no to, to see what Todd Phillips does with anything else. Sure. Um, book smart. Oh, book smart was good. Watch it on a plane, uh, directed by Olivia Wilde. It's basically like super bad for the 21st century feminist. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you can say that. Yeah. Am I going to get shit for that? I thought it was fantastic. I thought the two leads were uh, amazing. Um, yeah, I thought it was very funny. Yeah, it was. It was. It was pretty good. Uh, Spider Man Far From Home, which I thought was pretty pretty good. It was good. Yeah, I like that one. I thought they did some really interesting things with the effects, uh, which was neat. I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was incredible, and he's such a great addition to yeah. the MCU. Yep. Uh, and I loved the the tease that they set up for future installments where you, you can definitely see where the Spider-Man within the MCU, that Spider-Man story is becoming its own attraction. They're like, I'm now yeah. invested fully in like what happens in that series of stories, regardless of if or how it connects to the MCU. So I think they did a really nice job positioning themselves yep. post Endgame yep. to have their own thing that people still care about, even if it's whether it is or is not linked to the MCU, which you know they've reconciled, so it will be. Yep. But whether it was or not, as long as they continue that storyline, I think they were in good shape. So I think they, they did some really good work with that, and it was very funny, especially the stuff like yeah, it was the, so good. The Robert Downey Jr. sort of voiceovers cameos wherever he came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was funny. It was good. Uh, and then last but not least, for like my newer movies I saw in 2019, uh, John Wick three Parabellum. Oh, Parabellum, yeah. Dude, I just love all those fucking movies. It's great. They're all great. The first 25 minutes of that movie where it's just straight chasing is Crazy. incredible. Yep. Uh, my only qualm with 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 three was I did feel like it it dragged a little bit in places and some of the fights were like longer than they needed to be. Sure. Like sometimes when they have interesting concepts for fights, which they, they always do, the John Wick movies are always great like that. I felt like this movie kind of ran them into the ground a little bit. Like Halle Berry and him and the dogs in like the bazaar in Marrakesh or whatever. Yeah. I felt like that scene like went on forever. I just thought that once you have 
that scene established and you use those, the dogs and you do the thing. Like there's only so much you can do. And then like after a while, it kind of just became the same thing. Over yeah. Over. And I also thought by the end, there were a couple, one too many hand-to-hand fights that just kind of like kept going. Yeah. But that being said, I mean, I'm still going to watch the shit out of every John Wick movie that yeah. comes out. Oh, I don't care what you say. If it's a repeat and they just do <laughs> awesome fight scenes. Yeah, the, the first 25 minutes... Because I again, I watched it on a flight. I downloaded Booksmart and John Wick Three. Because nice. uh, double know. feature, yeah. Um, but the first twenty five minutes, he doesn't touch a gun. He goes from a library to like a yep. antiques warehouse. Yeah, and there's horse horses. The horses. <laughs> oh yeah, when he dude. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. So yeah, that's twenty nineteen in movies. Okay, um, let's for go. the most part, let's go into TV. TV. This is this is where you're at. This here. is where. So I'm gonna tell you. Let me open up my notes. I watched a lot of episodic TV in okay. twenty nineteen. Like I said, on this new train ride. What do you want me to do? Recap all I watched. We can go down individually. See where there's an overlap. Yeah. See if our lists overlap here. All right. So first and foremost, The Mandalorian, yes. uh, which has now given me an appetite for more star wars we're going to get into star wars later i want to actually talk about mandalorian when we talk about rise of skywalker okay if you don't we'll, mind. Get, we'll get there yeah Mandalorian, uh, the, great though overall yeah, fantastic great. marvelous miss Maisel. do have not seen it hear great things it's fucking fantastic okay it's amazing uh unbelievable uh netflix short run uh mini series about a serial rapist saw it uh that was good not great yeah, it was kind of weirdly shot. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not like a huge fan of it, but it, it was it was good. It was fine. The Boys, another Amazon. Boys is great. Holy shit, didn't even know what to expect. And then I watched the first episode and I was like, I need to watch. I ended up, yeah, I ended up binging that show hard when, uh, after the first episode. For our viewers, for the too long didn't read, explain The Boys and explain like from a tone and personality it, so it it looks visually almost like a Zack Snyder movie, but it plays with a lot of dark comedy. Uh, it is very vulgar. It is very graphic. Yeah. Uh, and it follows a group of superheroes uh, as if they existed in the real world and as if they were not great people. Um, yeah. Some are like psychotic. Some are druggies, uh, drunks. Dru- yes. Yes. Sexual so, deviants. Yeah. Many things. Yeah. So you have a lot of the standard superhero tropes and powers that you see, uh, but it this kind of flipped on its head and made much more intense and graphic and real. And uh, no, I think they do a really nice job. It's really well acted. Uh, Homelander, the, the, the main character who's kind of like a Captain America Superman yeah. hybrid, I found to be fascinating. I thought he was very enigmatic and 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 interesting character. Uh yeah, they just do a lot of great things with it. And it's and season two should be coming back this year. Yep. And yeah, it was great. I loved it. Yeah, it's super dark and it's very violent. Very um, violent. But very funny. Um if you are kind of over the whole Marvel like like perfect superhero situation. Right. I think The Boys is just a great show to watch. It's an anecdote for that. If you're interested in superheroes still, but maybe you're sick of how, like you're sick of like the 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 template that has been used for the last two decades, yep. but you still like those types of stories, it'll give you something refreshing. Perfect. Now let's go into um, these next four for me are all on HBO. Yep. Um, and it kind of solidifies again why HBO is the main. Oh, for sure. 
producer of the best episodic TV content of yeah, all time. I have six things on my list from HBO. Oh, shit. I got four. All right. So um, first and foremost, Barry. <laughs> well, that's first and foremost. Okay. Yeah, all right. I, I like I, Barry. I am so surprised at how good this show is. Written, directed, I think produced all by Bill Hader yep. of Saturday Saturday Night Live. And it is like this dark comedy, again, ultra-violent dark comedy <laughs> yep. um, that has been so surprising to watch and was has been written and acted so well that I can't I can't say enough good things about this show. Yeah, and that this year was season two. Yeah. Uh, so there's two seasons. They're pretty short seasons and they're only half hour episodes. So if you want to get caught up on it, uh, it's about a uh, Bill Hader plays Barry, a, a former uh, hitman, mm -hmm. uh, assassin, special ops, special forces type of guy who decides uh, that he finds his true calling uh, in acting and taking an acting class. Uh, and it's and it's yeah, I mean, it's the premise alone makes you laugh. Yeah. And it's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, super great characters. Uh, one in particular is um, uh, Barry's uh, acting teacher. The Fonz. Played by Fonz uh, Henry Winkler, <laughs> which is just fucking gold. Yeah, um, for sure. So definitely watch Barry. Um, next is going to be Chernobyl. Chernobyl was outstanding. The miniseries of 2019. Yep. Uh, I don't even know where to start or where to end. It just... If you haven't seen it, you have to. I know that it is a tough subject, and I know a lot of people stayed away just because it seems like it would be super depressing and, you know, who wants to watch a nuclear disaster and that type of thing. But honestly, the storytelling is so strong. The message is important. Uh, is it depressing? Sure. Like it's certainly heavy subject matter, but it's, it, it demands your attention for sure. And it's a, it's a five episode sort of, uh, dramatization of the events mm -hmm. of Chernobyl and to go along with it, uh, that will make it, I think enhance the experience was the official Chernobyl podcast yes. that they did post each episode to talk a little bit about where the show was spot on, which for the most part, it was very, very accurate. Uh, but then where they deviated a little bit just to give you even more broader context so uh definitely worth worth checking out yeah uh let's go into i think the hit show uh and the kind of dark horse of 2019 for hbo was watchmen oh watchmen we could probably do a whole, probably the best thing i've seen all year we could probably do a whole podcast on watchmen we might do a whole podcast on watchmen but yeah. there's also a podcast on watchmen so you don't <laughs> need to listen yeah. to two assholes talk about it yes. you can listen yes. to so uh, people think about Watchmen and they think about the really bad Zack Snyder movie. Uh, is it really bad? The I director's think that's a little... cut wasn't was a lot better than the, the theatrical Agreed. release. Agreed. But Watchmen, based on the Alan Moore uh, comic book of the 80s. 80s, yeah. Um, graphic novel kind of about uh, not so dystopian future uh, and the escalating nuclear war tension between the uh, United States and and Russia, and basically it, it takes place 30 years after the events of the original comics, but in a different kind of scenario and a different twist on what is the most pressing issue of our time now, which back during the Cold War was nuclear war, right? and today's climate is racism and race, racial injustice, mm -hmm. specifically mm -hmm. in the South. Yep. And that's kind of their angle, and holy shit, Bill, this show is fucking incredible. It's absolutely amazing. I, you can't. It's hard to put into words how 
these like nine episodes, how they're written, how they're put together, when you see it, how they come together and how they weave together. Damon Lindelof, uh, who previously is most famous for Lost, but then also did the show The Leftovers, Leftovers. which I was also a huge fan of. Uh, He is known for putting a lot of questions out there without giving you a lot of answers uh, and like having that mystery, kind of like J.J. Abrams. Yeah. But Lindelof, I feel like, does an even better job at this point than J.J. does in terms of coming back around to make sure those things get answered and show that everything has a purpose and nothing is haphazard. And the way they constructed these nine episodes of Watchmen, it's it's remarkable, especially when you think about the original graphic novel when people said that a TV show was coming based on it. So many people in our sphere yeah. were like, why would you do that? You can't touch it. Zack Snyder tried to make the movie and he... He did it like as a respectable job as you can in terms of going page to screen, like yeah. shot for shot. He tried to recreate the graphic novel, and I thought he did a pretty admirable job. He's a perfect no, um, but I I didn't mind that. But he did his best to make it, uh, and it did so so. So then now they come around and say HBO is doing a Watchmen show, and everybody's like, "What? Why? Yeah, why? What are you doing? What are you? Why?" And then it comes out that it's a sequel, so to speak, and everyone's like, "Well, what? Where are you going to go from? What, what are you talking about?" Yeah. And then what he does to create his own thing. That is so unique, but is also still recognizably Watchmen. Yeah, I I, I can't yeah. I can't even believe it. Yeah, he um he did after watching all nine episodes, and they do have an official uh, Watchmen podcast. Yep. Um, that is actually hosted by the the guy who wrote and directed Chernobyl. Chernobyl yeah. Um, and they do it after every three episodes. Um, but it's fantastic. And especially if you have a lot of questions, which you're going to have, but there's kind of three things I want to talk about watching real quick, because I think we have to is, uh, his name is what Damon, Damon Lindelof, Lindelof has shown that he can do a masterclass in about three different things mm. is taking source content and making his own variation of it. Yep kind of like what we saw fall flat from the guys from Game of Thrones yep. is that they were given the five paragraph essay and they had the four paragraphs written. And if the four paragraphs were on like, you know, Napoleon, the fifth was on like, you know, Barack Obama's <laughs> upbringing in Chicago. It made absolutely no sense. Right. Yeah. It, it, so that to a masterclass in, in crafting a great origin story. Yeah. He was able to kind of build these histories of these characters in a way that you'd never thought about. And three, it's going to tie into your man, Christopher Nolan, oh, is that I thought Christopher my, Nolan my did, could have written a masterclass on how time can be portrayed in movies. Yep. And then this guy just kind of literally blew it out of the water. Yeah. I mean, he elevates it using the Dr. Manhattan character to do it based on what we already know about the way Dr. Manhattan perceives time yeah. uh, from the graphic novel. And if you're, Hopefully, if you're hearing this and you haven't seen Watchmen and now you are thinking about it, to do it. Do it. Yeah. But uh, also, I would you could watch it on its own. I would suggest you certainly read the graphic novel because it's not too long of an investment and it's, it's considered good. one of the greatest graphic novels of all time as well as one of the greatest pieces of writing of all time. Yep. And this does tie directly into the graphic novel. You could watch the director's cut of the movie, which is about three, three and a half hours, and you'd be pretty good. Yeah. But the ending of the movie is slightly different from the ending of the graphic novel, and the show follows the novel. So like, there might be some confusion there. There's a lot so, of things that are important about that ending of the graphic novel. Right. That, that you are, won't get in the movie. Yeah. That you, so read you it. Don't, you absolutely don't get the movie. Read it. See, if you want, if you like it, you can watch the extended Zack Snyder movie. It's fine. And then definitely watch the show. 
Perfect. And then the last one that I have for HBO that um, has got me yelling at my TV more than the <laughs> Patriots this season <laughs> is know. the HBO drama uh, Succession. Uh, Succession is holy the, shit. Probably the best show on TV. Craig, have you? No. no. Craig says no. Craig's really fucking hungover right now, <laughs> and I'm just waiting for the wretches from my bathroom. <laughs> Stay with us, Craig. Stay yeah, with us. You got it, man. Uh, Succession. Succession is incredible. Best show on TV. Yeah. Um, now that Watchmen's over, I'd say Succession is the best currently active show on TV, so to speak. Uh, the best acting and writing you're going to see on TV. I, I, I can't yeah. stress it enough. It's about a... Yeah, give me the premise. If you don't know anything about uh, Succession, it is about uh, a father, a, a patriarch of a family that runs uh, a cable news network. Uh, well, really a giant company the biggest sort of entity of that or the most well-known is, is part of is cable news, yeah, but it also has like imagine if like and, Fox news, Paramount, Disney, right, and movies and everything. Yeah, yeah, so everything. he's a giant conglomerate media mogul. And he has uh, three children and he, uh, four children, excuse me. And he, at the beginning of season one to kind of the first episode, really the premise that kicks it off is he has a health scare and it appears as though he's going to step, need to step down from the business. And so now it becomes who will succeed him yeah. to take over such a giant empire. Uh, and then sort of the the internal family drama from there, as well as political intrigue and corporate espionage and everything else, start to come into play over the next two seasons. There's been two seasons so far. And it, it's just, in terms of execution, right? Again, writing, acting, scripting, uh, the whole, the whole, even thing. the way it's shot, it's the way it's shot, like it's beautiful. It's also mm. one of those things that even if you are not super into the politicking side of it, there's an old sort of adage in Hollywood where if you have a story that's not quite interesting enough, just make everybody super rich. And by default, people yeah, want to watch it because yeah. it's interesting because people like watching super rich people. Sure. Uh, so even if you aren't into that side of it, you get to see people being super rich and like super disgusting. It's just, yeah, just yeah. flying around in helicopters and mansions uh, and everything else. So there's that fun part yeah. of it too, just to see that. Uh, it is an investment. Each episode is over an hour long um, with the finale and a couple episodes being like hour five, hour 11, even yeah. one at, at an hour 15. But it's paced so well and you're on the edge of your seat that it, it doesn't even feel like it. Yeah. it's that much time. The beauty of it is everything feels... And this is so, like, it sounds like it should be a given, but it's so difficult, it seems like, for TV writers these days, is every decision the characters make makes sense. Everything feels in character and consistent. Yep. Nobody ever does anything where you're like, oh, what? what? Why'd they do that? Or, and then you realize, oh, they had to write that in to get to this place. Like, they don't have to do any of that. They, sure. they build the characters to such a degree and develop them so well that they're just dominoes that are in place. And when they start to fall, everything just makes sense, yeah. which is yeah. just... Remarkable these days when you look at some of the writing that's out there. Watch it. Yes. Uh, so that's my TV list. I watch a lot of TV. The only other things I would add, uh, sure. the other HBO show that I dug was Righteous Gemstones. I thought uh, that was yeah, a, was funny, a funny first season of a new show. Yeah. Um, it's a day, very much in the mold of any other Danny McBride show. So if you like him, you'll like it. If not, maybe not. But. It's like the anti-succession. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, this is an old show, but uh, this year, 2019, I also watched Deadwood finally. Uh, it was uh, often listed as one of the best shows or, you know, in HBO history, and I just never got around to it. So I finally did uh, in anticipation of the Deadwood movie that they released uh, this year. So I watched Deadwood the entire series. It's only three seasons uh, before it got ended. And then the movie that kind of like wraps things up because it ended really before they had a chance to finish the storyline. So they did a movie now. Uh, to kind of wrap things up. The movie's okay. 
the first two seasons of the show, or actually really the whole series, is very, very good. I loved it. And the only other thing I've been watching in 2018 is a rewatch of Mad Men, which at the time I always thought was like one of the best shows I'd ever seen. And now rewatching it, I'm realizing it's even better than I remember. Shit. It's really incredible. How many? But there, there was like what? Six, seven, seven? Seven seasons. Um, wow. The first four, upon rewatch, now that I've seen it all close together, because last time I saw it was when it was airing live. So it's sure. been a while. But now rewatching it in close succession, you realize just how good the writing it is and, and how linked it is. And, you know, uh, John Hamm as Don Draper's role of a lifetime. But you also realize that seasons one through four make a really good, tight, like, arc. and like a really great storyline. Mm-hmm. And, like, you could stop at that. Like, one through four is absolutely incredible. And then after that, it kind of goes on. It almost feels like extra an epilogue and them just keeping the show going because it's so sure. successful. Yeah. And they do some good things and there's some great moments and everything else. It's not, uh, it's still great. But one through four is just, like, a masterpiece. Okay. So highly yeah. recommend if you never got around to that one. I'll put it on my It's queue. on Netflix. I rewatched uh, The Office for the fucking 17th millionth time. Not a big Office fan. Cool. To be honest with you. Well. I know. I'm one of those guys. <laughs> I don't know. I just, They never did it for me. I don't know if it, like the cringe humor is not my thing. Yeah, I kind of like it. I watched The British Office and that was okay. You put All right. Well, you know what? None of okay. them. I don't know. Let's, I never really um, liked The Office. This is going to be a long episode. I this know. is already really long. All right, last last thing moving looking, looking forward, forward to, to 2020, 2020. <laughs> a new decade. So uh, a couple things on my list that I'm excited for that I'll just rattle off for you. Quick. Um, some of them are certainly big franchises, and then some of them are actually they're pretty much all big franchises. But <laughs> I have three. They're probably the same three as yours. Oh, right, you go. I have 1917. Okay, well that's a 2019 movie, but yes. Yeah, but I. Well, technically, I haven't, I'm live out in the boonies. I don't have it yet. Okay. Uh, the last Daniel Craig, James, James Bond, Bond. No Time to Die. That's no on time my list die. also. And the third from your boy, uh, Tenant, right? Oh, new Christopher Nolan film. New Christopher Nolan. Uh, did you, you didn't watch the trailer? No, I go in fresh. Especially I, I, for Nolan. I watched it and I was like, I don't. Oh, I heard it. Uh, yeah, I heard it. I, don't the, get it. I heard the trailer's great. And then some IMAX theaters ahead of Rise of Skywalker got like a five or eight minute like oh, prologue, oh, like kind of like they, they did, for did the Dark with Dark Knight. Knight. Right. Yeah. And from what I hear, it just blew everybody away. So <sighs> I'm going in as fresh as humanly possible. I haven't seen a frame of that uh, trailer or movie. I'm very excited. Uh, so Tenet, number one with a bullet, obviously, that yep. goes without saying. Bond, we've talked about. Uh, I'm excited for Black Widow. Uh, I know mm. that the... <laughs> I know, I know we're post-Endgame here. Uh, but, uh, you know, Scarlett Chanson finally getting her due, getting her own movie. Excited about that. Um, the new Wonder Woman I'm actually excited for too because Wonder Woman was the best uh, DC movie that they've made so far so I'm excited to see where they take that I'm also kind of excited for the Harley Quinn movie to get Margot Robbie a chance to Fuck to you. be that role because she was the best part are of are you that. kidding me? no she was the only redeeming quality Birds in Suicide Squad yes Oh, she was the only redeeming quality in Suicide Squad oh. to, to have her have a chance to Did make you watch her own the trailer? movie no I don't watch trailers oh, I'm going well, fresh uh, watch a trailer and then you're like <laughs> mm, no Top Gun, my boy Tom Cruise, favorite actor. He looks beautiful. He flies the jets. He actually flies the jets, people. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, The King's Man, I'm actually excited for. I know it got pushed back, which is never a good sign. Is that like The King's Man? It's The King's Man, but it's a prequel. It takes place in World War I. It's called The King's Man. Ray Fiennes is in it. Quiet Place Part 2 could go either way. Um, I'm either going to be excited for it and they do a good job, or I'm going to be pissed that they made a sequel when that movie was so great standalone. Sure. Bill, it's great to be back. It's great to be back. Well, while we while we're here, one last thing. Oh, okay. We're in the post-holiday season here, 
kind of between holiday seasons. Yeah, I don't even know what day it is. And I want to revise something, uh, revise a take I had in history that I have. I want to walk back. I feel like we did last year a holiday episode. We talked about our favorite holiday movies. I think that was two years ago. Was it two years ago? Whatever it was. Theatrics. And we both, I think, talked about Die Hard being the best Christmas movie. Yeah. And I we didn't have, even go into it. I have rescinded that take. I do not feel Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and now I am entirely sick of hearing it. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, and I will tell you uh, why. <laughs> Are okay. you ready? You seem confused. Yeah. Uh, I have come to realize oh that if you take Die Hard, the story, the script of Die Hard, right? Sure. And you change it just slightly so that that office is closed for Memorial Day weekend or Labor Day weekend or something. That movie still exists basically exactly as it does now. Like there's no, no Oh, so you're saying Christmas doesn't difference. add anything. The fact that it's Christmas, it takes place at Christmas is true. It does take place at Christmas, but that to me does not define Christmas movie versus, you know, a Christmas story, which you could not change to take place during Labor Day <laughs> or else the movie would cease to exist. Die Hard has no such issue. You could place that, and not to mention it came out in July. And it's a big action blockbuster. And I, I'm so, and now I think the thing that makes me sick of it is when the Die Hard as Christmas movie take first came out and people started saying it jokingly, that was the contrarian viewpoint. Everybody was like, it's an action movie. How could it be a Christmas movie? And now society has flipped so much the other way that it's by default a Christmas movie and everybody agrees it's a Christmas movie. Sure. We never should have agreed to that to begin with. Yeah. And I need to stand up and say, it's not, everyone needs to get over themselves. It's not that funny of a take. I'm over it. Well, I'm fired up, AJ. I'm fired apparently. up. Well, bring that heat into the the Star Wars episode. Um, <laughs> I, I sure I'll agree with you because I, I don't even know if I should agree with you, but I get what you're saying because I watched Shazam the other day. It okay. takes place during Christmas, right? But it's not a Christmas. Nobody movie. would ever say it's a Christmas movie. But yeah, I mean, if you took but one person makes a joke online about Die Hard being a Christmas movie, and everybody fucking runs with it over the last few years, and okay. I'm just I'm over it. I'm done with it. It's not true. All right. Well, you heard it first and last <laughs> is that Die Hard is just a movie. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Should I Go See It podcast. Please make sure to follow on Instagram at Should I Go See It. 